to use the Shemus Hakadoshim, use Hashem's names, and the different results that you can get with Hashem's names, and the risks that one takes in using Hashem's names, even if you're using them according to the rules, um, one is running major risk. And and again, what we saw is that the Rebbeinu names can be used for one of two things. They can be used one of two or surely three things. They can be used to bring myself to Hashem. So I invoke the name of God, and I'm addressing God Himself. I'm engaging with God, and by doing so, I raise myself to God. I engage with God. I bring myself towards God. And what that really means is that that's just uh, the effect of releasing myself from my guf, untying the guf somewhat from the pull that it has on the neshama, allowing my neshama to experience a deeper connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I do that by invoking the name of Hashem because I'm addressing Hashem. I'm addressing Hashem, therefore raising myself towards Hashem, bring myself towards Hashem. And that allows me to see things, perceive things, glimpse things, where my neshama stands up there because I brought myself towards Hashem. It can also allow me to receive things from Hashem. We saw as well. I can receive shef, I can receive bracha, because again, I'm engaged with God, I'm addressing God Himself. Another whole uh, exercise that can be done, another application, another application in of itself um, that, that, that can be implemented with the names of God is using them to control malachim. A different category altogether, a different type of activity altogether. If I know the right names, I know how to permutate those names and, and combine those names of Hashem, and I know the names of the malachim, and I know which name to pronounce on which malach, I can control a malach and get it to do my will, my bidding, even if it means breaking the laws of the te- of teva, of nature of how that malach usually operates. Um, and it's like exactly like putting a, a, a leash on an animal and getting it to walk a certain place, or more so, programming the computer to, to uh, you know, override its normal programming and get it to do different programming, because I know the operating code of the computer, I know what language the computer obeys, I know whom the malachim have to listen to, and the malachim are meshubed, are beholden to Akash and to his names, I can get malachim to do what I want them to do, they don't have bechir really, they are... Uh, almost like automatons, they're like almost to be thought of as machines, as robots that are, do what they're programmed to do, so I can mess around with that programming because they have to defer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Those are the two things you can do in the names of Hashem, and, and we saw a very, 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 very important distinction between um, these different types of activities, the different types of... Arrived. ...of, um, of uh, usages of the names of Hashem, whether it's about arriving somewhere that's the first type of activity, or controlling, controlling the malachim. And the first thing is, um, what is common to both is that it's far from automatic, far from a given, far from just knowing the rules and it's going to work. No, ultimately it's all in Hashem's hands and Hashem can thwart, Hashem can prevent me from being able to be successful, for sure. In addition, when we're talking about the first usage of Hashem's name, me raising myself up to HaKadosh Baruch engaging with Hashem, that's only going to work if I really have a deep-seated, meaningful relationship with Hashem. If I don't, then not going to go anywhere, you know? It's like, again, someone calling you on the phone, and you see who's on the caller ID. You know, Arthur gets calls on his phone all the time. He looks at the caller ID. If he doesn't recognize that caller ID, what does Arthur do with that phone call? You know. That's right. He's uh, some robocall. There's someone that wants money, probably. You know, I'm not picking up for you. Someone that's calling to, you know, it might, no, on the one hand, it could be a robocall a solicitor, something like that. So you definitely don't answer the phone if somebody wants money. 
On the other hand, the risk that you do take, Rabbi Say, I just want to point this out. Everyone should, should bear this in mind. The risk that you run, Arthur, and I'm sharing this, this with you as a friend, is if you never pick up these calls, you run the risk of not getting the call because once in a while, they're going to call you to let you know that your extended vehicle warranty has expired and they're trying to help you out. They want you to extend your, your uh, vehicle's um, new vehicle extended warranty order. service coverage plan, right? So you may miss that call. You may miss that call. That's just the risk that you're running. But okay, you don't recognize the number, you don't pick up the call. You sometimes, sometimes the way it is with me, if I recognize the number, I don't pick up the call, right? <laughs> that's the way I am. Um, with, with even more success. That's right. And that's why that's I always right. call you from my wife's number. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, I get around this. Uh, so if I'm using the name of Hashem to raise myself up to Hashem, it's mamish like that. You know, Hashem sees us dialing in. We're saying the name of God. Hashem looks, you know, sees who's, who's dialing in. Oh, that guy? Okay, this, this, that, that, that yokel? I'm not interested in this person. Hashem doesn't pick up. It's not going to work if there's no relationship. There's no relationship. Hashem's not going to allow us to engage with him if he's not interested in being engaged with us. When it comes to the second approach, I pronounce a name on a mouth and I, I direct the mouth. I steer the mouth. I'm controlling the mouth. That works regardless of my relationship with God, with Hashem, because I'm not addressing God. I'm addressing the mouth and he has to answer the names of God. But we saw yesterday, and we say yesterday, one runs a major risk. This, 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 this is a dangerous business. Using Hashem's names to get things done in a supernatural way, in the realm of nature, controlling Malachim is Ishtamish Patagah. You're using the scepter of God, using the crown of God. And if you're not, you're not befitting to be wearing the crown and wielding the scepter, we say with Ishtamish Patagah Cholif, that will result in certain doom. Um, it's not going to end well. It works. For, of course it works. But it's not going to end well. It is, you know what it's like, you know, it's like um, anyone that, 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 really, that really is interested can Google um, how to make a, uh, a nuclear device, a nuclear um, <coughs> fission device, and have a nuclear plant in his backyard. You could do that. The FBI will definitely show up at your house before you have a chance to put it together because they track these things. But you could theoretically Google that information. You could build a nuclear a nuclear plant in your backyard and have nuclear energy. Now, it's all about rules, the laws of physics, laws of particle physics, right? The, the, the rules are definitely known, the process is known, how to create nuclear fission, how to get nuclear energy. Um, but if you don't do it with proper protective gear and shielding and all that, so you're going to blow yourself up, you're going to blow up your backyard, or you're going to die from radiation poisoning, or all of the above, right? You'll blow yourself up, and then you'll die from radiation poisoning. Lots of bad things will happen to you. If, if, you, if The rules work. Nuclear energy is something that works. Um, but if you're not protected, then it's not going to end well. So that's exactly like using the malach and using the names of Hashem to control the malach. This is something that involves pronouncing God's sacred names, you're using God's power, and if you're not someone who is um, cut out for that, it, it's going to cut you out. It's going to boomerang back, it's going to explode in your face. There is, I'm going to share this with Euler now, it's known that there were times, even in recent history, even in recent history, there were Mkubalim, Kabbalists, in the last hundred years, that knew this art still, had to take names of God pronounce them on Malachim, get Malachim to do things that they wanted to do. One of the things you can do is you can, you can take people out of commission. You can 
you can, um, better than any mafia, and then any hitman is you can get malachim to take people down. It's a known thing. If you pronounce a certain name of God on a certain malach with a certain kavana pronouncing the name of the person that you would like to see down to the counts, you can take someone out. Now, is this recommended? Ramchal told us yesterday, you're playing with fire over here, and it's gonna, not going to end well, it's going to blow up in your face. But there are times in history where tzaddikim felt Sadiqim the Kubam Kabbalists, righteous, pious people, felt that this, this person is a detriment, a threat to the entire Kla Yisrael. We have to take this person out. And it's known that during the early years of World War II, there were a group of Kabbalists. We have a, a, a old tradition to this. Um, they were living in Eretz Yisrael. They were fully aware of what was going on in, in Europe with the, the Holocaust, slaughtering of Jews being sent out to the gas chambers. And they tried using the names of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to eliminate Hitler, they attempted to do it and they saw it didn't work. They tried a few times, it didn't go, it, didn't, it wouldn't work. They saw that it was blocked. And we saw yesterday, the Ramchal told us that it's not automatic process, and there's no guarantee just because you know how to do it, it's going to work. Sometimes Hashem stops it. So they saw that they were blocked from Shemaim, so it didn't work. But it, it's a known thing that they were a group, again, of Yushalayim or Mekubalim that tried doing this. They tried eliminating Hitler, it wouldn't work. They saw that. He was, he was, uh, was, it was untouchable. They couldn't, they couldn't get to him. Around the same time, there was someone in Eretz Yisrael that was making big problems for the, the burgeoning from community in Eretz Yisrael. We, everyone knows, anyone that knows the history a little bit, there was a lot of, a lot of ugliness. It was very messy, very ugly, a lot of politics, a lot of animosity in different camps. Um, there was the British, there were the Turks before the British, there were the religious Jews, there were the irreligious Jews, there were the staunch, there were the religious Jews, there were the irreligious Jews, and there were the religiously irreligious Jews who, who with the passion, wanted to make Eretz Yisrael, what? Exactly, anything but a religious state. And, and they were, determined to do that, there were people, they were very bad people, that, that, um, you know, there were boatloads of Jews that could have escaped, again, from the Holocaust and emigrated to Israel. They blocked them from coming. They didn't want them coming. They said, we don't want this becoming, um, you know, Europe. We don't want this becoming uh, the, uh, the shtetl over here. Very outspoken. They wanted it to be a culture place with cultured, elite, uh, intellectual people. Okay. But within and without, there were, there were, there were, there were you know, uh, within the British and, and, and um, the irreligious camps, Anti-religious camps. There were people that were making a lot of tsaris, a lot, like very, very, very difficult for the from community. And I don't know if it was the same group of cabalists. I don't know if it was. I don't know. But there's a separate story that happened on a separate occasion. A group of again Yushalayim and Kubalim, they got together and said, they identified. They said they figured that all the problems that they were facing politically, and economically, and and uh, religiously in Palestine at that time, was before the state was declared. We're really coming down to one person who was engineering all the all the ire and getting everyone turned against them. It came down to one person. They said we have to take this. The, the entire stability of settling Arizona comes down to is, is threatened by this one person. So they decide they got together and a group again of pious tzaddikim. They said this person has to be eliminated because he is a roidev. He is a threat to the entirety of the the, the development of Arizona from community. And they got together. And with Kabbalah, with names of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Malachim, they eliminated the guy. They took him down. This time it worked. On that person it worked. He woke up one morning, 
Uh, I'm sorry, he went to sleep one morning, one night, and didn't wake up the next morning. Don't know, dropped out of a heart attack, didn't wake up in the morning. They, they got rid of him. They got rid of him. But they said on themselves, they said on themselves that each of them in their life experienced thereupon a tremendous amount of suffering. And they saw, one of them saw, that he lost, in his own lifetime, he lost three children. In his lifetime. Three Children that were that were that were um, you know uh, um, each of the, they were they were esteemed in their own right illustrious in their own right um, and, but but in in, in uh, at a young age you know twenties thirties forties he lost three children in his own lifetime and he said later that he understood and, and the, the rest of them also that were involved in this also saw personal suffering personal tragedy later in life and they realized it was as a result of what they had decided to do you know. They thought they were, they, they were justified in doing it. Maybe, maybe they were, but it comes down to what the Ramchal tells us: playing with the names of God is playing with fire. It's a dangerous business. And does that mean they shouldn't have done it? I don't know. Does that mean that they weren't as pious as they thought? I mean, they were definitely way more pious than all of us combined. But does that mean that you have to be on an even higher level of piety? Don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But what I do know is one of them reflected later in life. He confessed this. To, he saw that he had tragedy. Three of his children predeceased him. He said it was because of that incident that they did, uh, you know, much earlier on, where they used these names of the Rebbeinu Shalayim to take this person out. Okay, so this is a serious business. It is known. It's, these are these are you know things that actually happened. Um, let's continue now. Ches. Let's continue. Perik Beis Chelik Gimel Simon Ches. I'm sorry, Chelik Gimel Perik Beis Simon Ches, and this is a. Uh, Leading us in now, so we, we're basically done with using the names of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now we're going to talk about sorcery, black magic, and witchcraft. And Ramchal is going to give us the background to that. We're going to build our way up to the dark arts over here. Let's see. Once the Rebbein Shem has decided that in this world there's forces of good and forces of evil. There has to be a balance. The same way there's, there's forces of good you can connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You can connect with things that are antithetical to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ra. The same way we have a way to connect with Toiv on all levels of existence, all levels of reality. There has to be the opportunities for Ra and connections to Ra and for Ra, the power of Ra, evil, to be involved and to be uh, empowered on all levels of reality as well. And why is this necessary? Because ultimately, life comes down to bechira, comes down to free will. Free will means equal opposite opportunities and choices. That means if on every level of existence I have the ability to connect to toiv, to empower toiv, and to bring toiv down, I have to have the equal and opposite ability to connect to ra, to empower ra, and to bring ra down. I have to have that, that ability, and, and therefore I'm there to choose v'chayr to b'chayim, to choose chayim, to choose toiv, and not to choose ra and mavis. And mankind has to collectively make this decision again and again and again to reinforce toiv and to suppress ra until ra has effectively been eliminated from the bria because it has been negated and re- relegated to a non-entity. So you have to have a, the equal and opposite choices on all levels because, again, that's what life comes down to. Ula says the Ramchal, although it's nearly symmetrical, there is an asymmetry. It's a, there's an asymmetry. This is a, a fundamental 
piece of knowledge over here in, in the, the layman's Kabbalah, and mysticism of the Ramchal is opening up to us, although we'd normally say, Hashem created a world of this paralleling that, and you have a system of toy, a system of good and light, and pure, pureness, purity. You have to have facing that, equal and opposite to that, a system of darkness, of impurity, of contamination, and they should have to parallel each other from bottom to top and from top to bottom. They don't quite do that. Ra doesn't go all the way up as much as Taif does. There is a bit of an asymmetry. There's an asymmetry at the end of the day. Things are slightly tipped in favor of Taif. Let's see what that means. The Rebbeinu Shalaylam himself, HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself, who is the source of the Bri, the source of everything. He's the, he houses the world. The world doesn't house him. He is the origin, the source, and the container for all, all, all things in creation. Hashem himself has no aspect of Ra, and has, is no, there's no ability for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to have any aspect of Ra. Hashem is completely showing, completely perfect, completely wholesome, completely toiv. And this goes into the defin- definitions of Hashem, as we saw in the beginning of the Sefer, the Ramchal began. All the way back in the beginning of the Sefer, the stand right now. Stan is a, two points in the beginning and the end, right? So presumably you've seen that with your Chavrusa. Ramchal begins with his six definitions of God. And one of those definitions is Hashem is completely perfect, completely pure and wholesome. And another one is it's impossible for Hashem to not be that way. So Hashem himself, who is the origin, the source of everything, above all the levels, has no is no chisar, no no shortcomings, and no ability to have shortcomings. Kemosh kusavnu v'chelik alaf perik alaf, like we said in the beginning of the sefer. V'rak bevruim efsher sheyimotzu hachesreinus v'harois. Only in creations themselves, things outside of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, you can find flaws, you can find shortcomings, you can find evil outside of Hashem. V'hinei ha'yasidu sheyivaru madregos toiv levruim. In Hashem arranging and structuring the world, there again, there's madregas, 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 levels upon levels upon levels for, of existence. Levels and levels and levels of toiv, and levels and levels and levels of ra. Which is creating a a a, a um, realm, a structure, and a hierarchy of existence for a person to be able to cling to evil. Again, and the point of this whole structure and system of Ra is for a person to eliminate it. To choose Toiv, to choose Chaim, to establish and, and cement the Toiv, the goodness and purity, um, and, and, and have the world established in that for eternity. Again, being that there has to be to choose goodness, choose toiv is only meaningful when there's an equal and opposite choice. There has to be an equal and opposite choice. That's the pasuk. The pasuk says this facing that, this corresponding to that, Hashem created. Here is where we have the clincher where you see that things are not 100% symmetrical. In one area, there's a slight asymmetry where the toiv slightly outweighs the ra. Toiv goes all the way up to Hashem. Ultimately, all the madregas of Toiv, all the abilities to choose goodness, to empower light, to empower purity, and to bring power, purity, light, and 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 um, kedusha, holiness, into this world. All that stems from the Rebbeinu Shalem, goes all the way up to Hashem. And when I'm connected, to that I'm really connected all the way up to the top to Hashem, source for all things that are Toiv. 
ultimately is Hashem. It goes all the way to the top. But the equal and opposite system, there's no anti-God. Okay, there's no anti-God. Now here's where we disagree with what a, a, a fundamental Christian concept, um, that there's a God, an anti-God, uh, Yashka and an anti-Yashka, um, and there's, there's this epic battle, you know, Satan on one side and God on the other side, and the anti-this and the anti-that, that, that's not a correct belief. That's, that's, that's you know, um, that's one of many, many incorrect beliefs that's over there in that system. But certainly in the realm of Yiddishkeit, the realm of Yiddishkeit, that's not how it works. That's not the emes. There's no anti-God, really. And the system of Ra ends before the system of Toiv ends. It's not 100% paralleling each other. Not 100% Zel Umazeh. It's all the way up to the penultimate level, but that's where Ra stops. Ra has its origins in something artificial, something virtual, something that's just a construct, and that's the source, the origin for everything that's Ra. And that parallels the Madrega below HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The, the second to last step is where Ra has its origin, <laughs> and above that Toiv, all of Toiv connects ultimately to Hashem himself, is a extension of Hashem himself, but Ra's not. Ra's not. Ra doesn't have that final connection. That's where the asymmetry lies. Um, it's something that has its source in ultimately something artificial, something that's a construct, something that that um, is a gemachta. It's a gemachta system. It's something that, again, it's a kind of uh, counterfeit. Counterfeit. It's it's a hoax. It's a forgery. So it doesn't have its roots in the absoluteness of Hashem. Um, and, 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 and because because it's only constructed to provide us with the ability to choose, it's only there's a means to an end. That's why it doesn't go all the way up to Hashem. It's not absolute reality. Toiv, goodness, purity, holiness, and and lichtekind light is absolute reality because that's there to be there for eternity and forever and through Adam Haba because we're here to earn our way towards that toiv. So this absolute reality. All that is toiv goes all the way up to absolute reality, which is God himself, because that's really what reality is all about. The only thing that makes that meaningful, though, is for me to be able to choose that over Ra. So we have to have Ra in the meantime as an option. Evil is an option, but only to make my choice meaningful. It's there as a means to an end. It doesn't go all the way up to God. It's fabricated reality. It's a false reality. It doesn't go all the way to the top. It stops before the top, and that's where everything stems from. And this is really Pshat in, in, in Chazal, when Chazal famously says, Sheker ain't raglaim. Falsehood has no feet, has no stability. This is what they're referring to when Chazal say that. A famous line from Chazal. Sheker ain't raglaim. Falsehood has no feet. What it means is that it's not really on any solid foundation. It's not grounded and rooted in absolute reality. It's, it, 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 all of its stability is on something that's unstable, which is fabricated, which is really just... Um, uh, a construct itself, and when that goes, the entire system of Ra goes with it. You know, we know in the Isis also, Sheker, Emes, the words, we have Emes and Sheker, and it's well known, Emes, every word in Emes has a stable foundation to it. Aleph has two feet, Mem has a solid base, Saf has two feet, those are stable, um, you know, foundations. Sheker, the way you write the letters of Sheker to Sefer Torah, Ksav the Shin comes down to one point at the bottom, Right? That's the way it's written in the Sefer Torah. And in Mezuzah and Tefillin, Kuf only has one foot at the bottom, and Reish only has one foot. 
So the way the letters themselves are constructed is Ain Raglaim. There's no stability, there's no foundation. That's an insight into this concept that the Ramchal is speaking out over here. Again, this is this is uh, we're we're we're, we're uh, approaching very deep waters over here. This is uh, Kabbalah for the layman. This is presentable, digestible, Kabbalistic concepts that the Ramchal is sharing with us. Um, with that, the reason why Shekhar is written that way, and the reason why um, the, the depth behind that that, that idea of Shekhar and Leraglaim is that it's not rooted in absolute reality. It's here as a means to an end, and the moment it's not necessary anymore, so we remove it, and the whole system of, of ra- evaporates. But in the meantime, it does seem to be very powerful. In the meantime, it does seem to be quite tempting and alluring, and that's the whole problem, is that it does seem to present itself as something with power, and it does act that way, functions as a system with power, but all the power is on an unstable foundation. But in the meantime, Ra does have power that rises and parallels every level of power of type that goes up into, but right before the very top. And based on that power that Ra does have in the meantime, we will continue tomorrow and see how that power allows someone to manipulate the power of evil, and that will show up as in things like witchcraft and sorcery, necromancy, and we'll see that in Mizrah Shem tomorrow. And everyone have a wonderful today and a good night. Good night. We didn't do fine, Chef.